The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Well, hi church. Thanks for joining us on our online service. It's great to have you. Um, if you've been tracking with us for a while, um, we've been in a little series called Kingdom Parables. And so we're doing something a little bit different here. I've got Hilary and Jeff here, and we're going to have a conversation around the parable of the workers. Uh, and so it's a pretty tough one. If you thought last week's one was challenging, well, today's one uh, will probably grip at the strings of your heart. So I'm going to start off with some prayer, and we'll get straight into it. Heavenly Father, uh, Lord, we need you. Mm. And Lord, we need your help, we need your guidance. And so we pray for your Holy Spirit uh, to lead and direct this conversation. And we pray, Lord, uh, for your people to respond with thankfulness. So we we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, right, you want to read the passage for us? All right, let's start with the parable. Uh, So this parable is only found in Matthew. And um, it's in chapter 20. uh, The parable of the workers in the vineyard. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, you also go and work in my vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. About five in the afternoon, he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also received a denarius. Mm. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Those who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who has hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So just reading that parable, I guess to some it can seem quite unfair, Mm. isn't it? so what are our thoughts in yeah. terms of this? Yeah, look, this whole idea of fairness and justice mm-hmm. is something we learn early. I mean, you know, you guys have a little girl and you know, we have two kids that were little ones. And you know, you, you, you learn very early when you don't feel like you've gotten your entire world share. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, that's so unfair. Yeah. Uh, and kids often whine that way. Yeah. Um, and there's something, that reflects the heart of God in that, that there's this cry for justice. And I think particularly in the West now, mm. where we're really about equal pay for equal work, uh, and there's these massive campaigns to kind of uh, eliminate sweatshops and all of that, which yeah. I think are right and good, and for men and women who are doing the same work to be recognized for their work. Um, but here in this parable, it's kind of 
the, the, this weird thing that's going on where it's equal pay for unequal work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's, I think this is one of the hardest parallels because yeah, yeah. it really sticks in our throats. It really yeah. kind of irks us uh, when we kind of go, hang on, this just sounds so wrong. Yeah. It sounds so yeah. unfair. Yeah. So I think that's what makes this parable difficult. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, maybe it's because we've misunderstood what Jesus is trying to teach here. Or my suspicion, uh, looking in my own heart, is that we don't actually like what Jesus is teaching here. Yeah. 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 yeah, It's interesting that this passage or this parable is in Matthew only, mm. um, and that there's this the audience who would be hearing this parable would have a certain aspect and, or understanding of the kingdom of God. And so, talk us through, I guess, uh, who would be hearing this and, and mm. the characters that are coming out mm. here. What would that um, what could it sort of strike at from the audience hearing these characters? Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I think it's interesting when you look at the context of mm. this parable. Yeah. You know, like in our English Bibles, we start reading at chapter tw you know, 20, verse 1, but it's part of an ongoing dialogue that's at the end of chapter 19. Yeah. And it's Jesus' conversation with the, the rich man, yeah. who again, he comes and he's trying to prove to Jesus his worthiness to enter the kingdom of God because he's been faithfully keeping yeah. the Old Testament law. Now, Matthew's focus is really to try and teach people that the kingdom is different to how they perceived it or understood it yeah. um, and so you know Jesus kind of calls this rich man out yeah. says you know to sell everything and follow him and he's not able to do that and so he walks away from Jesus mm -hmm. and then that prompts this whole conversation about how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God mm -hmm. and in in the time of the Bible in the time of this context the rich were considered as the blessed because they were the faithful ones yeah. um, and so that kind of raises a question for the disciples well if the really godly you know, the religiously faithful who, were, who could demonstrate that faithfulness because of the blessing of God through their financial prosperity, if they don't enter the kingdom of God, then yeah. who does? <laughs> what what chance does anybody else have? Yeah. Um, and then Jesus responds, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible, you know, verse 26 of chapter 19, that then leads Peter to ask another, you know, kind of another question, which is kind of getting at the heart of what we're talking about today, yeah. is, well, what about me? Yeah. You know, some of us older folk would remember that song, what about me? <laughs> it isn't fair. You know, I, I've had enough. Now I want my share, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what Peter is saying here. What about us? We've we've left everything. Yeah. This rich man, he wasn't willing to leave everything, but we've yeah. done what you've asked us to do. We left our business. We've left our families. We've left everything to follow you, Jesus. What about us? And this is what begins this conversation. Jesus goes, "Yeah, you, you'll be honoured because you've left everything." Verses twenty-eight to follow, you know, following. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, 28 and 29, it sounds really good. Jesus yeah. saying, yeah, you know, everyone who's left houses, brothers, sisters, father, mother, mm -hmm. you know, uh, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Now, if it stopped there, yeah. Peter would have walked away a happy man, going, yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's really good. Thank you, Jesus. But then Jesus throws in verse 30. Yeah. And this is the context of this parable because Jesus mm -hmm. ends this parable with yeah. uh, the same statement, but in reverse. Yeah. So these are like the bookends. Yeah. And he's saying, but many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. So what Jesus yeah. is saying is that, yes, you will be honored, but everyone who enters the kingdom will be honored the yeah. same way. Yeah. You know, everyone will finish first. Now, again, that's something our culture likes, right? You know, everyone should get the prize. There shouldn't yeah, be a second yeah, yeah. place. Yeah. Everyone wins. Equal, equal, equal. equal, equal, yeah. equal. And Jesus yeah. is saying, yeah, exactly. The first and the last will all finish yeah. and all receive the fullness yeah. of eternal life. Mm. And then this is the parable that flows out of that yeah. for Jesus to try and unpack that a yeah. little bit. Yeah, I think in Australia especially, we, we're always for the underdog as well, right? We're always kind of like, yes, 
even if we're down in the ruts, we can still win. <laughs> we have an opportunity still to win. And so everyone has a chance. Everyone yes. has the opportunity. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the, the great thing about the kingdom of God, isn't yeah. it? Mm. But um, there is that kind of both sides to every story, isn't there? And yeah. that's where... And it's an upside-down teaching of Jesus because even yeah. earlier in chapter 19, he talks about the children being yes. blessed. And back then, children, children were nobody. No one. So would, they wouldn't be included in the kingdom of God yet until they'd grown and matured, blah, blah, blah. But yet here, he, mm-hmm. he calls them into it. Um, and so God, coming into our parable then, who does have the right to come into the yeah. kingdom? What, what's this, what are these characters speaking of? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think, you know, uh, there's several characters. And I think, you know, as we kind of focus on, on each one, you know, I was going to ask you guys, you know, which of these characters kind of do you most identify with and resonate with? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. The, the earlier ones, of yeah. course. The earlier ones, because, yeah, when you're working either professionally or in ministry or yeah, yeah. volunteering, like many of you do week in, week out, yeah. I think you identify with the hard work of one, serving God, but also of your own, um, just your own doing of how much you know you've put in. Yeah. And to think, oh, Someone else will receive the most same thing. The same, same. <laughs> for just um, maybe not doing much at all. Yeah. So unfair. So yeah, yeah definitely the six days. Yeah, it's really hard to be humble <laughs> to stay <laughs> humble, right? Yeah. It's like you just keep doing what you you know you can to yeah. serve and all yeah. that stuff. But like we all receive the same thing. Yeah. And but I think sometimes we do forget what we're receiving yeah, yeah. <laughs> or who we're receiving from oh, that's right yeah. and I think that's part of the, the, the distinction we want to make here that Jesus is not talking about rewards for serving mm. um, and the, the Bible does talk yeah. about rewards in other places 1 Corinthians yeah. Paul talks about you know how you labor and the silver gold yeah. and precious stones and the wood hay and stubble and all of that and one will be consumed and burned up and he'll be saved but just by the skin of his teeth mm. and the other person you know and scholars have debated as well what is the nature of these rewards like exactly what is it going to be you know and I think in our contemporary uh, Christian culture we kind of think of mansions and jewels and you know we talk about crowns and and stuff and then we get to Revelation we see what everyone's doing with their crowns they're throwing them at the feet of Jesus it's like how is that a reward so it it is kind of you know that's a whole other conversation as to what what is the nature of rewards in heaven here that the focus seems to be really about eternal life you know like Mm. receiving the, the fullness of eternal life and I guess to put this in context, uh, you know, one, one writer contrasts the thief on the cross with the disciples. You know, here's this man who, who's been violent. He's been uh, a horrible person. He's, you know, they, they think he was associated with Barabbas, who led kind of this insurrection and just spent his whole life in selfishly pursuing what he wanted. Um, and he, in his last moment on his deathbed, like we often think, you know, asks Jesus for forgiveness, and Jesus says, yep, you will be in paradise with me today. Mm -hmm. And then these disciples who've left everything, who've followed Jesus for three years, and then go on to faithfully serve Him for the rest of their life, Mm -hmm. many of them laying down their lives as martyrs. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is saying here, same. The the thief on the cross will get the same eternal inheritance of eternal life in its fullness as these disciples. And I think that's what really gets stuck in our throat. Yeah. Particularly for those who were became Christians at a young age, yeah. and, and have been faithfully following Jesus all their life, mm. you know. And we do this thing, man. If I could just wait, till, and I live my life any way I want, do the things I want to do, yeah. you know, live this carefree, careless, yeah. 
self-indulgent life and then on my deathbed like the thief <laughs> on the cross in that last moment then I'll accept Jesus then I'll accept Jesus and I'll have the best of both worlds yeah. and I think the fundamental flaw is that with that is to assume that that's actually the best way to live yeah. like that somehow we're missing out because yeah, we've been yeah. following Jesus yeah. all our life and yeah. if we kind of stop and go hang on if Jesus says that true satisfaction mm. true life true hope true joy true love is all found in him mm. then what we're really saying is i want to live a miserable second rate mm. dissatisfied yeah. empty pointless hopeless life for most of my life yeah. and then come to the end and then finally find true life like yeah, right. how does yeah. that make any sense it's really speaking into the heart attitude it's interesting that this parable already brings out like so many human aspects so many fleshly mm. desires like i need for a reward i need for living our best life outside of Christ so yeah like I think there's lots of here that speaks of mm. our own inwardness mm. um, so how do we yeah like where do we move from looking at ourselves to looking outwards or mm. upwards yeah yeah yeah. Upwards, yeah. yeah yeah so I mean I, I think let's let's talk about the three characters um, so that we got the 6am workers. so I mean the, the, the story seems to focus on the master mm. um, the 6am workers and the 5pm workers and the other workers I mentioned in between but they're kind of part of the broader story but really the focus is on yeah. these three and like you said i think most of us as christians particularly those who've been christians for a long time we would resonate with the 6am workers mm. we'd go mm. yeah if i was in their shoes I'd, I'd feel exactly the same but let's stop and think about it for a minute yeah. you know these guys were, were standing so we need to understand what a day worker is mm. um most masters and who were rich wealthy landowners they had their own slaves you know how, whatever we think of that we need to realize that it's not like we understand slavery uh, they were part of the extended family and were cared for by the master and, and all of that and they had their own workforce um, and so those were the people that had that had security that their families were going to be cared for had food on the table and all of that the day laborers were the ones who did not have that and so they lived on the edge of poverty and ruin every day unless somebody hired them for that day so their their existence was day by day so all these workers are out there hoping beyond hope that somebody would come and hire them and so 6am comes around they're standing there bright and early because they want to be the first they, they want to have the maximum opportunity to get work for the day so they're out the master comes and says hey why don't you come and work for me now let's just pause there now given that historic context how would you think that they'd be feeling in that moment? Yeah. Yeah, with thankfulness oh, and gratitude. Like, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah be eating today. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. There'd, there'd be yeah. so much joy yeah. and gratitude and appreciation yeah. that somebody just yes. hired them to yes. work. Mm-hmm. And the master offers them a fair day's work mm-hmm. uh, and a fair day's pay. Yeah. Um, like a denarius was often the, the standard rate mm. for a day worker. Mm. Some commenters actually believe it was kind of a generous rate for yeah. a day worker, um, which is why these guys were more than happy to accept it. Yeah. They're not negotiating. They're not saying, yeah. is that all you're going to give us? They immediately accept the offer. In fact, the master reminds them at the end, yes. hang on, yes. didn't you agree? And you agreed knowing that you'd be working all day, Mm. you'd be working in the heat of the sun, that you'd be carrying these burdens. You knew all of that, but you accepted because you knew it was fair. So that's where they begin. But when we get to the end of the day, something has shifted for them. And I think that's where the critical lesson is for us. Because I think like you're saying, it's about where we look. Mm. And I think for them, 
you know, the, the passage brings out that their focus had changed mm -hmm. from appreciating the master's generosity, his yeah. yeah. extravagance, and that's what, you know, we, we, the word that we've been associating with this parable today and our topic for today, extravagance, mm -hmm. the kingdom of God is extravagant, yeah. Yeah. the master is extravagant, they've lost sight of that yeah. only because they look sideways. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. when the rewards come, the master kind of flips it around and says, yeah. pay the, fir the last first. Yeah. And so they're standing at the back of the line and they can hear that the 5 p.m. guys, they got paid a denarius, which was what was offered to them. But they're sitting there going, whoa, 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 the master's just changed the pay rate. Now he's paying a denarius for an hour. So by the time it gets to me, I'm going to get 12 because I work 12 hours. And so when they only get the one, they're upset. So their joy, their gratitude has turned to envy has yes. turned to grumbling, has yeah. turned to complaining yeah. and murmuring is the word that the, the text mm, yeah. uses. Yeah. Only because they were doing this. Yes. They, were, yeah. they were looking sideways, comparing, comparing yeah. to somebody else. And I think it's pretty cool that we're having this mm. conversation on this day when we're yeah. celebrating and honoring and showing appreciation to you know, our volunteers mm. uh, in our church and those who do serve alongside us in God's kingdom work. And I think the longer we're Christians, mm -hmm. the more this becomes a, a problem yeah, for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it definitely reminds me of like even the parable of the prodigal son. Yes. Right? You know, the older brother yes. who had that mentality. He was with the father all throughout yeah. the time when the younger son just went and, you know, squandered, squandered the lot, you know, uh, yeah. the savings of, the, you know, everything and came back and the father just lavished, lavished on him, yeah. you know, party. Extravagant. <laughs> and extravagant, you know, and it's like, we sometimes as we his attitude changed as well and it's like you forget your security that you have in yes. your father sometimes yes. you know and um so how, how do you think we we should encourage those who are in that kind of 6 a.m work yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah encourage all of us yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's me too you know like our hearts we, we so forget yeah. what it was like at 6 a.m. when the master came and reached out to us. Yeah. And so I think uh, the antidote for that is to, to have a, a, two different perspectives. Yeah. And I think that's where the second group of characters come in. It's the 5 p.m. workers. Yeah. And I think all of us ought to be continually cultivating that heart of being a 5 p.m. worker. Because like Andrew reminded us last week, none of us deserve grace. And I think we, we misunderstand yeah. grace. Yeah. You know, I think... Particularly in the West, we have this sense of individual entitlement mm -hmm. that undermines our understanding of grace because we think we deserve it. If we've been religious, if we've been good people, mm -hmm. or even within the church, if we've been faithfully yeah. serving God over many years, we come to this yeah. place of thinking, God, you owe me. Yeah. You owe me. Yeah, wow. But grace is never about being owed. Grace is being given something we don't deserve extravagantly. Yeah. And the best people who understood this were the 5 p.m. workers. Because, again, in the cultural context, the fact that they're still there at 5 p.m. as every hour of the day is passing, their, their hope is diminishing day, hour by hour by hour. They're looking at the prospect of going home hungry and not having food for their family and not being you know, provided for, um, yeah. and the shame of that and all of that. Yeah, wow. And um, again, the fact that they're still there at 5 p.m. Yeah. suggests that they were the, the runs of the leader, mm. you know, the runs of the leader, sorry. Yeah. Um, the, the, the discarded ones, they're probably the older 
people um, the maybe the injured or the or the frail or the weak and that's why they've been overlooked yeah. by other people that have gone out that's right they're like the you know the one the discarded yeah. ones mm. you know kind of like when you're in the sports team you know that, that <laughs> traumatic oh, no. experience you know the ones that are picked last yeah. you know that yeah. everyone knows slowest week is the most uncoordinated yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's these guys yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, like the fact that, and here's the other really interesting thing: the the fact that the master still keeps going out yeah. throughout yes. the whole day, yeah. right? And yes. given this guy's wealth and his mm. success, it's unlikely that he didn't know how many workers yeah. he needed for the day. Yeah. It would be hard to imagine <laughs> yeah. that he was that unprepared, that incompetent. Yeah. Yeah. I need more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So many, many people believe, and I think this is so beautiful, that the reason he goes out is not because he needs more workers, mm. but purely because of compassion. Yeah, wow. Compassion yeah. for these guys that nobody else wanted. That's yeah. the reason he goes out. Yeah. And that's the heart of God, I think. When we miss the heart and the character of God's yeah. nature, yeah. he's so compassionate, so extravagant in his love and his grace. But all we think of is me, 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 I've worked hard. Yeah. We completely miss and forget God's unbounding love for us and grace for us. Like, wow, yeah, thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah. Like, what yeah. a heart of thankfulness that we mm. should have, yet we sit grumbling. Yeah, we lose perspective, <laughs> don't we? Like, that's it. Uh, you know, in the morning, we, we would have felt a <laughs> yeah, certain way, but right. they would have felt it for the 11 hours yeah. of that day. Well, Until you had, right at the end. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You would have had work for that day, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's not fair as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, that's that's a hard way to live, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why I think if, if we can grab the perspective of the 5 p.m. workers, yeah. that we recognize ourselves in their story, yeah. that that's us. We, we are the rejected ones. We are the, the broken, the lost, the hopeless, the desperate. Yeah. And without God coming in that 11th hour and yeah. rescuing us, yeah. we would be damned forever, separated yeah. from Him forever. Yeah, the thing is that God just reaches out to us earlier in our lifetime because the way this parable works, you know, the, the master is a figure of God, mm -hmm. uh, the workers are really a representative of believers yeah. um, you know the day is our lifetime as it were yeah. and then the yeah. evening is kind of eternity you know entry into eternity and the denarius represents eternal yeah. life mm. you know so some of us get saved or come into the kingdom early in our lifetime and that's the grace of god in itself exactly but we forget that <laughs> yes. and that's the point yes. and then i think yeah. trying to hold that perspective that I'm a 5 p.m. worker. Mm. I was without hope. And as yeah. you know, Paul says in Ephesians mm. 2, without hope, without yes. God in the world, we're dead, spiritually dead. Mm. Yeah. And how grateful yeah. that these 5 p.m. workers would have been to be rescued yeah. at 5 o'clock and being given work. Yeah. Now imagine how they would have felt when they were brought to the front of the line and <laughs> given a denarius. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which is like extravagant. <laughs> yeah. Like they would not, yeah, yeah. because the the, the yeah. master doesn't tell them what he's going to pay them. Mm. He said, "I'll give you what's fair or what's yeah. right." Yeah. So they're thinking a twelfth of a denarius, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And yet they're given a denarius, thinking, "Wow." Even I, they probably thought this is so unfair. unfair. <laughs> this is so wrong. Are you sure? <laughs> We're the ones who yeah. just came. That's right. Now imagine how they would be feeling the next yeah. day if they had the opportunity to go into the vineyard again how they would have been thinking about the master. Yeah. Their perspective would have been so different yeah. to the 6 a.m. workers yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And I think as Christians, um, that's what we need to hold on to, that 5 p.m. attitude, even yeah. if we're 6 a.m. workers, yeah. Yeah. that we don't deserve anything other than God's judgment, mm. um, God's wrath, being separated from Him, certainly not heaven. Yeah, wow. you know, and yeah. the very fact that we are given 
heaven mm. is extravagant yeah. regardless of when in the day yeah. we're called into yeah. heaven as mm. well. that gospel call that uh, god calls out to us to save us we often think yeah like i'm so grateful god called me at a young age called my parents mm. and my families i'm thankful that we're living a life a christian life now and mm. it's full of joy and, and yet for some they don't see it as that they see it as hard work um, they mm. see serving God as missing out. Mm. There's a sense that, um, yeah, perhaps they think that, oh, my friends are doing this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I want to do that. I want, yeah. So, yeah, how do you reconcile that attitude of yeah. waiting? Or, well, I, I think it comes down to, really, if we take Jesus seriously when he mm. says things about himself and what it means mm. to be in the kingdom and what it means to have him as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. You know, when Jesus says in John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life to the full. If, if that's yeah. true... Yeah. That anything outside of Christ is is not real life. It's mm, a mirage. Yeah. It's an illusion at best. Mm, yeah. And I think that is really the heart of Satan to offer us a counterfeit yeah, and convince yeah. us that it's actually more satisfying than the real deal. Yeah. Go all the way back to Genesis, yeah. right? You yeah. know, like yeah. God set Adam and Eve up in this incredible place, in this intimate, beautiful relationship yeah. with Him and with each other. And the devil says, "But there's more, and you're missing out." Because you're trying to honor God. Yeah. And, you know, it's the lie that he keeps feeding each of us where we think that life outside of Christ is mm-hmm. actually better than life in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think, you know, for us to remember, like Jesus says, you know, the one who is forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. And I think the second perspective that will correct the first perspective is to keep looking inward, to keep remembering how much we've been forgiven. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is that when we grow up in a Christian home, we're generally good people. Yeah. You know, we're moral, we, we've been going to church. Good since values. We, good values. We're not like filling yeah. the blanks, you yeah. know. And so we, yeah. we become like the rich, rich yeah. ruler in Matthew 19, where we say, yeah, all, since my childhood, I've been yeah. keeping the commandments. Surely I yeah. deserve better than the thief yeah. on the cross. Mm. And again, I think fundamentally that's to misunderstand the nature of sin. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the, mm. the, to misunderstand the offensiveness of sin to the glory of God. Yeah. And so we kind of look at ourselves and go, oh, I'm not that bad. <laughs> and so I deserve better. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But if we can keep remembering how much we've been forgiven and mm. what the nature of sin is and how undeserving we are, yeah. you know, and then serve out of that, love Jesus out of that, yeah. you know, do all that we do, obeying and honoring Christ out of that. I have been forgiven so yeah. much. Mm. Yeah. So I think not introspective, you know, unhelpful, yeah, beat yeah. myself over the yeah. back kind of way, yeah. Yeah. but to keep remembering, you know, like Paul says, right? He was a, he grew up a Pharisee, a religious yeah. person, and he said, I'm the chiefest yeah. of sinners. Yeah. That yeah. attitude, you know, he wasn't making a, a literal statement yeah. that, yeah. you know, he was the worst of all human beings, mm-hmm. but he's carrying that awareness yeah. that my sin yeah. is so offensive to God. It's no different to the vilest most horrendous whatever the blank is that in your mind is the mm. worst person that you can think of yeah. you're no different and that's yeah. what Paul was trying to say yeah. Yeah. but I think yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't we don't carry that yeah. no, with yeah. us we it seriously enough yes. to, to move you, you were talking about test, like sharing testimonies and how some people sometimes mm. feel like oh I don't have that story yeah yeah, yeah. I think we uh, sometimes when we haven't grown up in such a hard life and we feel like, oh, I don't have a testimony, my testimony is not as effective or as powerful, um, powerful as someone who did go through a hard time, you know, and uh, grew up and then they had a transformation to become a Christian in such a dramatic, way. Yeah, yeah. dramatic way. It's like, oh, that's not my story. And so we feel like it's just not as 
worth <laughs> in our yeah. you know um, testimony but yeah but yet we should be thankful that God saved us mm. earlier on to not have to walk through mm. a hard road or to not experience separation from God like I often think I don't I don't know what it's like to live outside of God and yet I am thankful mm. that he has saved us early mm. on and that he's continually sanctifying us like we're mm. not free from sin mm. but there's that awareness of mm. how much God has rescued us and yeah, yeah. very grateful and I think I think it puts it to perspective like in verse 15 he says don't I have a right to do what yeah. I want with yeah. my money yeah. Yeah. and we sometimes think yeah. hang on wait <laughs> it's because we feel like sometimes we have become like God, uh, we, we kind of dictate what God should be doing, yeah, well, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? It's like yeah. we sometimes think, that's a bit harsh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's not fair because we've basically put ourselves in His shoes. We yeah. think we know better. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um, I think that's that's the the yeah. what the devil sometimes yeah, yeah. tries to deceive in the way. It's Genesis three again. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can know right and wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You can sit as judge. You Who can, told you? Yeah, yeah. You can determine what's right and yeah. wrong. You don't need to trust God's goodness mm-hmm. and His righteousness mm-hmm. to tell you mm-hmm. what is good and just and right. You can yeah. decide for yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a very subtle uh, way that the enemy does work in, mm. in looking sideways, like you said before. Yeah. The mm. way he mm. whispers sort of little, little truths that make you think you can take control of your life. Jesus will still be there at the end, but why would you tempt that? Why would you put yourself in that situation? So the coming back to this gospel call then, mm. what is the encouragement or the hope that we, as believers, and mm. for those of you who are on that journey of discovering faith and wanting to really press into the person of Jesus, what mm. is that, I guess, pull and encouragement yeah, yeah. there? So, you know, like we, we talked about the sidewards look being unhelpful and the inward look becoming a really important thing for us yeah. to cultivate. I think a second look uh if you want a perspective for us to cultivate is to look up you know as you were saying before jeff to to keep seeing the extravagant love of the master of the father um you know wherever we're on that journey if we're watching and you know we're just checking out christianity or we've you found your way to our service this morning and you've been exploring faith and you know and maybe you've been either a really religious person or maybe you you certainly don't count yourself as that you count yourself as maybe the polar opposite maybe you identify more with the thief on the cross uh, the 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 solution or the antidote for all on that spectrum is to keep our eyes on the father on on the grace of God and the extravagance of God and the goodness of God and you know this master here who's shown to be continually going out throughout the day calling people to himself this master who takes the initiative like the the workers do nothing and they can't do nothing because they've got nothing to bring to the table and he just goes out all day all day inviting people to come and like you said jeff he he wants to share the extravagance of his kingdom and sometimes i think we think god is really mean (laughs) and we think he's really stingy and we think you know even christians we just we struggle with this because we think well god why wouldn't you save everybody and we we have this idea that god's somehow mean and stingy and holding something back back. but this parable jesus is saying no the master is going out he doesn't need to he goes out because of his compassion and his love throughout the day throughout every period of history throughout people's lifetimes calling them to respond calling them to come into the kingdom inviting them to come into his kingdom because his delight as it says in luke 
in our 12:32, do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He's pleased. He's delighted to give us the kingdom. He's not holding out. He's not trying to make it really, really hard. And and this is the most profound thing. You know, I love the words of the the 5 p.m. workers when they complain. You know, they say. They, you know, he said, you have made in verse twelve. Uh, the, these who were hired last worked only one hour. They said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work and the heat of the day. See, we think that it's our long service or our hard labor that that makes us deserving of God's forgiveness and grace and eternal life. Whereas it's not, it, it's it's not our labor, it's not our work, but it's the work of the suffering servant. It's the work of Jesus who bears the burden of the cross, who bears the burden of our sin, who bears the weight of our separation and our judgment, who takes on himself the wrath of the heat, if you like, of God's scorching judgment on himself. And that's why the Father can invite people in because his own Son has done the work for us. And so the invitation is extended throughout the day Come in, come in. I, I delight to give you the, the kingdom. You know, and a couple of other scripture verses in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 says this in, in Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Listen to this in accordance with the riches, the extravagance of God's grace that He lavished on us. Extravagant, lavished on us. And chapter 2, 4 to 7, mm-hmm. you know, Paul says this, but because of his great love, there's that idea of extravagance mm-hmm. again, because of his great love for us, God who is rich, there's yeah. another extravagant yeah. word, God who is rich in mercy, he made us alive with Christ mm-hmm. even when we were dead in our transgressions. That's the 5 p.m., yeah. right? Yeah. Wow. We were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved and God raised us up with Christ seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show here it is again the extravagant the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus it's extravagant yeah it's God just delights to give us the kingdom and he invites us to come in so for all of us who are watching you know I guess my challenge to you is don't presume that you have time you know or you know like people in their in their minds think oh well you know I'll just leave it anywhere I want and then on my deathbed in that last moment like the thief on the cross I'll repent and, and put my trust in Jesus but you know Let's be completely honest. If we could know the moment that we would have that, yeah, that's not a bad way to think about it. It's probably a good kind of deal to make. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like we said before, but that's to wrongly understand kingdom living yeah. and the kind of life that Christ wants for us here and now to enjoy yeah. all the days of our life. Psalm 23, like, your goodness and your mercy will follow me all the days of my life, not just... Yes. Right at the yeah. end. Why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want yeah. the goodness yeah. of God, the blessing of God, the mercy of God, Every all single, all the days of your life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I think that's a, a bad deal anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing to, to point out is that these, the the workers who were there the rest of the day, had no idea mm. when the master was going to come, yes. or even if if he was going to come. Yeah, wow. What they had to do was, when the master came, respond. Mm. They had to say yes to the invitation in that moment, mm. and not say, "Oh yeah, he'll come back again at three yeah. p.m." Yeah, oh yeah, he'll come back again at five p.m. I'll, I'll wait till the five p.m. so I can bludge all day here, and then at five p.m. I'll say yes. 
they didn't have that guarantee. You know, and I think if you're hearing this message and this opportunity is there today and you find your way here today, mm. then the master, God's love through Jesus, our Father, is calling you today. And I encourage you, respond to the call today. Don't delay. Don't put it off. Don't presume that there will be another opportunity or another chance. It's not just about the chance. It's about the life that you can have in Christ today when you trust Him and when you surrender your heart to Him. So that's the gospel call and challenge. Amen. And it's not a gospel call to make your life better or happier or to solve all your problems. We know uh, if you've been a Christian for a long time, there is much uh, difficulty yeah. sometimes in following Jesus as we've seen in the disciples. The workers? Life. Yeah, and the workers, they're working. Yeah. It's yeah. hard work. It's a long 12 hour day. <laughs> it's a vineyard. Uh, but the hope and the assurance yeah. is knowing that the landowner, the master, the great God that we serve, is so abounding in his love, he will graciously pour out more of his strength and his power to renew and to constantly, yeah, just give us that new life, that new hope. Um, day after day mm. I, I take great comfort in that yeah. mm. God is our sustainer yeah. in all of this yeah. And going back to the parable of the prodigal, like you mentioned, you know, uh, particularly as we think about serving, uh, think about our attitude in serving. And I want to challenge each of us that, you know, we ought to be serving out of an overflow of gratitude, you know, out of an overflow of recognizing that as sinners, we're not deserving of God's grace and forgiveness and eternal life. And that we serve out of that, serve out of remembering the, the extravagant love that the Father has poured into our heart, you know, and, and not be like the elder brother who the Father said, look, everything I have was yours. Why didn't you make more of it? You've been with me the whole, the whole time. time. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for us who, who labor in God's vineyard yeah. to realize that our master, our father is not mean yeah. and he's not stingy and he yeah. delights to give us the inheritance of the kingdom here and now. Yeah. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us intimacy with him and peace with him and hope and joy. And we can draw on those resources now as we serve him faithfully and not be like the older brother Mm. all right shall i pray yeah pray father Mm. we we are awed in your presence yeah lord as we've just spent these last 30 minutes reflecting on your extravagant love for us thank you father that jesus bore the burden of our sin yes he experienced the full heat of your wrath and your judgment so that we would never have to. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. Thank you that you don't treat us as we deserve. You treat us with grace and mercy and extravagant love. And you invite us into your kingdom and you promise us the fullness of eternal life, not just a part of heaven, but the fullness of heaven to each one of us who has trusted in Jesus to save us from our sin. Thank you. And Lord, we pray, will you empower us as your people to, Lord, keep looking to you and remembering who you are Mm. as an extravagant father, to keep looking within our hearts and and never forgetting Mm. how much you've saved us from and, Lord, how undeserving we are of your grace and love. Lord, that we might continue to serve you faithfully. Mm. Lord, that we might not lose sight of your grace and become grumblers. That, Lord, we might not compare ourselves with others and become complainers because of our envy. But, Lord, that you would keep our hearts soft as your grace continues to fill us and your extravagant love overflows in all that we do. That your name may be glorified. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church Podcast. 
to hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.